Hi, this is Pastor Joel Webin with Right Response Ministries, and you're listening to another episode of Theology Applied. In this episode, I was privileged to have as a special guest, A.D. Robles. A.D. Robles. He's got guys listening to him who are like, man, you should collaborate with Joel. And I've got guys listening to me saying, you should collab- collaborate with A.D. And so it seems like we've got a lot of like-mindedness between his ministry and mine and boy. Uh, did that turn out to be true? Talking to AD was my first time talking to him, and it felt like we were friends, you know, old friends for years and years. There was just so much like-mindedness, um, our, our rhetoric, our polemic, and our theology, and so you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. Um, we both spent a lot of time putting our finger on the charlatans, right? Calling out those peddlers of the woke gospel, social justiceians, uh, guys peddling critical race theory, prosperity gospel, all those kinds of things. But in this episode, we wanted to honor someone who's worthy of honor. We call out the guys who are not worthy of honor, but we want to also honor the guys who are. And so this episode, we provide an explanation, a defense, a personal testimony of uh, Pastor Doug Wilson in Moscow, Idaho, a senior pastor of Christ Church, who is a man of God and worthy to be honored. I think you guys will enjoy. Also, real quick, before we get started, would you consider supporting Right Response Ministries? You can make a donation of any amount by going to rightresponseministries.com. We need your prayers and we need your financial support to continue to produce high quality and biblically faithful content on a daily basis. That's what we're up to now. We are putting out content on a daily basis. It takes time, it takes work, and it does take money. And so, If you're willing to support us, we would greatly appreciate your generosity. If not, if you're not able to do so, but you want to support the show and support this ministry in some way, well, you can always pray for us, but you can also simply subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the bell so you're notified when new content comes out and share our content with your friends and family. Help us get the word out. All right. Without further ado, here's our show. Applying God's word to every aspect of life. This is Theology Applied. All right, so welcome to another episode of Theology Applied. And as I've already said, I am privileged in this episode to have as a special guest, A.D. Robles. We've uh, noticed, the two of us, that we've got a little bit of an overlapping audience base. Some of the guys that like me like A.D., some of the guys that like him like me, and so by popular demand, some of you guys have commented on his shows or commented on mine and said, you guys should collaborate. You should do something together. And so uh, have no fear. You don't need to wait any longer. It has <laughs> finally arrived. Joel Webin and AD, right response, fight, laugh, feast, teaming up. So AD, for anybody who listens to my show who hasn't already followed you, I probably got them from you. They probably came to my show through you. But for the five people who haven't, would you introduce yourself and let our listeners knew, know who you are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for the introduction. And by, and by the way, the, the, you know, a lot of people love us both, the same people, but, but I, would, I would say that probably a lot of the same people hate us both too, which is, I'm cool yeah, with that, true. you know? That's true. That's <laughs> but anyway, true. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, I've been doing YouTube for the last three-ish years or so, and um, my shtick is that I focus on the social justice controversy in the church and like social commentary, stuff like that. And um, and I also have a podcast on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. Um, and I'm just a regular guy. You know, I'm a churchman. 
I'm not an elder. I'm not a deacon, but I do attend a church and I participate. And, you know, sometimes I'll teach Sunday school and stuff like that. And my, my pastor knows about my YouTube channel. And a lot of people wonder about that some on, on online. And yes, he very much does know <laughs> about my YouTube channel and all that kind of thing. And, um, and, you know, just, just a normal dude, you know, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, so you, you're part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast network, but you've got, you know, you've got your own show on their network. You've been doing the YouTube thing before. How, well, how many years? I'll start with that. How many years? When was it that you joined Fight, Laugh, Feast? Yeah, so it was probably like a year into the YouTube channel. So I would say probably a couple years with, with Fight, Laugh, Feast. Okay, cool. Yeah. A couple years with them. And for anybody who doesn't know, Fight, Laugh, Feast network um, is – Toby Sumter, he's an associate pastor for Doug Wilson at Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, you got the Chocolate Knox. Nobody knows his real name. It's David Shannon, but uh, Chalk Knox, <laughs> uh, which just real quick for the record. So people, sometimes they wonder about his nickname. But uh, from, from what I know, the source of it is uh, just like John Knox, the great Scottish reformer. He said, give me Scotland lest I die. And Chalk Knox is saying, um, Jesus, would you give me the black community lest I die? And, uh, and he yeah. recognizes, and he's not afraid to, uh, yeah. to call it out, to point it out, and to address uh, that the black community is preyed on. Like, mm, not, not sure P-R-A-Y, but P-R-E-Y-E-D, preyed upon by white evangelicals, um, mm -hmm. acting like they're the friend of the black man, acting like they care, um, but using them for their own platform, for their own agenda, for their own notoriety and uh and chalk Knox and some other guys vody bacham they're sick of it and um and so so he's basically saying hey i'm the chocolate yeah. Knox. i i like the lorax i'm the lorax i speak for the trees i'm the chocolate Knox. i speak for <laughs> the black community uh quit preying on my people so yeah man uh, anyways but so those guys uh great group of guys fight laugh feast gabe uh gabe wrench is also um with Fight Laugh Feast, he's a deacon, I believe, at Christ Church, and he's actually also on the board for Right Response Ministries. And so through all those avenues and through the YouTube world and all that kind of stuff, me and AD have yeah. got to know each other and uh, benefited by seeing each other's videos. And one of the things that we do often that you're aware of is uh, we call out the crap. Uh, we, we just, will put our finger on, you know, yeah. so-and-so and such-and-such -and, -such and say, hey, this is this is not cool. And, um, and, and I'm grateful, you know, you guys know, I've, I've had guys like Justin Peters on the show. I'm super grateful for like American gospel and those, that kind of crew that call out Benny Hinn and call out Kenneth Copeland. And, and we need yeah. that because, you know, I forget about that. I'm so long <laughs> gone out of that world, you know, like, like yeah. well over a decade that I just forget that there's still millions of people who are deceived by the prosperity gospel and those kinds of things. Um, but we also, need to call out um, some of the false teachers. John Harris has been on our show. He does great stuff with this, with Conversations That Matter. AD does this. I do this. Um, but there are other guys besides Benny Hinn who are, um, they're, they're, they're preying on people. And, uh, and the problem is that it's a much more subtle heresy, this yeah. social justice heresy yeah. that people are not aware of. They don't even know that they're being deceived. And so somebody needs to talk about Tim Keller. Somebody needs to talk about David Platt. Uh, we try to do that, not just to, not just to get an audience, not just to, yeah. to, you know, controversy for the sake of controversy, but because these guys are charlatans and they are deceiving yeah. people. Um, they've, yes, God has used them immensely. I have been immensely blessed by Tim Keller, prodigal God, those kinds of things. So I'm not saying uh, that they've never had anything good, uh, but right now they have chosen the wrong team. And when we say somebody is, is 
teaching falsely or even a false teacher, we're not making a claim about their salvation. So we're not saying these guys are unregenerate. I don't know. But what I do know is the New Testament doesn't have a category for, for someone who is constantly teaching false things, but regenerate and therefore a true teacher. No, the, the New Testament doesn't, get, doesn't complicate it that much. It just says if yeah. he's teaching falsely, Again and again and again, and he's been corrected, and years have gone by, and there's no repentance. He is a false teacher without making any claim over the person's soul. So I'm not saying Tim Keller's not regenerate. I'm saying Tim Keller is teaching falsely, and when you teach falsely again and again and again, at some point, you got to call a spade a spade. He needs to stop, and we got to tell him to stop. (laughs) You know, he's got to stop. Exactly. So all that being said, my point is to say, me and AD do a lot of that stuff. You guys are aware of that. But, But this podcast, we want to do something different. Uh, we wanted to to come to the defense of of somebody that we both love, that we both appreciate. Um, now we're not going to just blow smoke, um, and so we're <laughs> going to address this individual as a man because he's a man. Um, and so there are certain things that both AD and I would disagree with, and be like, oh, "Yeah, I want to do that way." And I don't know about that doctrine; it's a little wacky. But um, but by and large, I want to say from the outset, this episode is going to be about Pastor Doug Wilson, who. A.D. and I both respect greatly. Uh, We believe that he is a faithful Bible teacher, that he's done so for decades, that he's a blessing to the body of Christ. I'll speak for myself. Um, I I just want to be in the position that I'm currently in, uh, addressing some of the things I'm currently addressing. I would not have the rhetoric. um, I wouldn't have some of the theological categories that I have to be able to do what I do if it wasn't for Doug Wilson. And so a lot of guys are like, man, I really like Joel, but I don't like Doug. Um, the Joel that you like wouldn't be the same Joel if it wasn't for Doug. <laughs> and I, and so I got to give credit where credit is due. And so anyway, so this is going to be a defense of Doug Wilson. We'll point out some things maybe we don't like, but um, by and large, uh, yeah, we want to point out Timothy Keller, but we also want to positively come to the defense of faithful guys. And so, AD, anything yeah. you want to say from the outset? Any thoughts? Yeah, well, well definitely. I mean, there's, you said a lot of things. And, and so yeah. I, I would agree. You know, I, I think... I think that um, some people will, will, will get the idea that I'm just, you know, look, I'm, I'm scouring the Internet looking for someone to slip up and, and then I'm just going to rip them and stuff like that. And I just get my jollies out of that. And um, <clears throat> it's just nothing could be further from the truth. I, 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 I disagree that 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 that's all I do. But but also, even if it was like it's for a purpose, right? It's not, it's not, you know, a lot of people would say, well, it's just for notoriety. You just want to, you know, take someone down that's like higher than you, whatever. No, it's not that at all. It's that I agree with what you said, Joel, that they're, they're um, praying on people. That's what you said. You said they're praying on people. And uh, I completely agree with that. And I just, you know, the thing about God's law that's so good is that, you know, when he says, love your neighbor, it's not, it's never love one neighbor at the expense of another, right? right. It's like, love your neighbor. And what that means is, you know, treat every neighbor according to how God says you should treat them. And so when we think about these pastors that we used to love when we were younger, or maybe we still love them and we still get some value out of them, but they're now they're teaching wrongly. It's like, okay, you got to love that pastor. Yes. But also you need to love the people that they're leading astray. And the way you do that is you treat them according to how God says you should treat them, both of them. And that's how you Amen. do it. And so, and so you I killed think two I, birds with one stone. That, it, that exactly. Way. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and so I can never forget about the people that are being hurt by this errant teaching. And there are many, many people. I mean, I think about, uh, you, you talked about charismatics, right? And my, 
my family was all charismatic. They're all, you know, from, from that kind of strain of Christianity. And I believe they're all believers. Maybe, you know, per, my personal feelings are, are involved in there, but whatever. I mean, I believe they're all believers. I, I, I know that, but I know that they've also been led astray by some of this teaching. And it's like, it's so, so Benny Hinn, it, it's, he's not innocent. I got to love Benny Hinn, but I also got to love my grandparents. I also got to love my family. You know what I mean? Like, so it, anyway, bottom line is, I don't like when people think that discernment or like, you know, kind of like ripping people's theology is like totally negative. It's negative to them, but it's positive for the people that are being hurt by them. You see what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's a false dichotomy because because you hear it it all the time is this like, all right, well, you need to love this person. Um, it, It what you said is so profound and our people need to get this. Uh, it is an absolute false dichotomy in the Christian theological framework to say that the Lord would ever call you to love one person at the expense of another. There is not right. one scenario. So like a lot of times people, Never. you know, they'll say like with pastors, they'll say like, how do you balance your ministry and your family? You know, and, and I always say, well, I don't, I, I don't even <laughs> attempt right. to balance my ministry with my family. Amen. Uh, my family far outweighs my ministry. And here's the thing though. So it's like, oh, well, you're loving your, your family at the expense of your ministry. No, I'm not. One of the best things I do as a pastor for my church is show them how a man loves a woman Example. That's and right. how a man loves his children. So, so, uh, so as I'm choosing, right, uh, you know, seemingly choosing my family over my church, I'm actually, that action, that one action is the kills the two birds with one scone or for, you know, any of the, of the, the flaming liberals who are, who are hating, you know, and they just like to watch, you know, and just writhe with anger. It, it doesn't kill two birds with one stone. It feeds two birds with one scone, you know? And so I don't know if you've heard that one, but, but my point is like, I, and in one foul swoop with one action, right? So I, we, we have this false, like kind of, I'm doing one thing over here, but you need to do that other thing for these people over here. And no, 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 no. We just, we entirely reject that. Right. So I think a lot of people would say that it's like, all right, well, yeah, critical race theory is bad. And yeah, you know, social justice has some problems, you know, but it's like, all right, so teach the truth, you know, and, and, and preach those things that are right, you know, but then also do this thing over here because you need to care about this group. And I would just say, no, the reason I don't want to do this thing over here is not because I'm not wanting to be balanced. No, I believe that this thing over here is inherently bad. It's inherently evil. It's something that we never do. So I'm not seeking to try to balance some of this and some of that. No, that, the proverbial that in this illustration I'm giving is, I believe, inherently wrong and does not benefit anyone ever. It's, you know, so somebody the other day was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, they commented and they were like, Black Lives Matter, you know, the movement uh, certainly, you know, is wrong and has Marxist roots and all this kind of stuff. But certainly Black Lives Matter, you know, and, and, you know, the way that you portray things, it sometimes seems like Black Lives don't matter at all. And I said, oh, well, let, let me correct that. Um, so when, when I call out social justice, when I call out CRT, when I, when I say that systematic racism, that narrative is a sham, when I, when I call out the 1619 project, that it's a joke, when I, when I point to all these, when I, when I speak against welfare and say that it's unbiblical and that is me saying that black lives matter, black lives matter so much. They matter Amen. so much to Christ, and because I'm following Christ, they therefore matter so much to me that I refuse to allow the black community to continue to be crippled again and again and again and again by these wolves through all these. So the reason I'm not doing any of so it's, it's like, well, can't you do some of that? I, I see that you want to do this, and this is also important, but can't you do some of that? No, I'm doing none of that because, not because I don't love this group, but because I think this is what destroys that group. And so when I'm doing one thing, one action is having multiple effects. And I, and I think that's the way it is with Jesus. So Jesus is like, 
you know, calling out the Pharisees, right? So people are always like, but what about gentleness? What about, you know, rebuke your opponents with gentleness, you know, not knowing that God may grant them repentance and they may turn right. from their evil ways after being taken captive from, from the devil. And that's absolutely right. There should be a spirit of gentleness. Um, but there are times that, number one, we cannot define gentleness. Whatever your definition of gentleness is, if it's so narrow that it, that it discludes Jesus, the Son of God, you need to change your definition of gentleness, Right, You don't need to change Jesus to fit your definition of gentleness. You need to change your definition of gentleness so that it encompasses the, the God-man who perfectly embodied gentleness in every moment. And, and the other thing to consider also is you know, when a shepherd, Jesus, who's the good shepherd, John chapter 10, when, when he's ripping apart the jaws of a lion, ripping the lion's face in half, it's like, man, I don't see any gentleness. Yeah, it's gentleness to the sheep. Right. That's right. And Amen. so that's what that's people exactly need to get. Right. So I'm doing one thing over here that is simultaneously accomplishing another thing over here. So I would say that in, in the same action, it's not, it's not Jesus speaks harshly to one group and then gently to another. There are instances of that. But, but what we need to see is, no, simultaneously, at the very same time as Jesus is speaking allegedly harshly to one group, it is precisely out of gentleness for this other group. And, and so, so all that means, I hope that that, that helps to, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, AD, because I, I yeah. hope that that helps to make sense for why we do what we do and what our theological defense would be of, of what we do, you know? So. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And I think about this a lot and, and I just, you know, people like to portray, you know, what I do and I'm sure they do the same with you. It's just like, you're just popping off at the mouth and it's really, it's really not like that at all. And, um, but anyway. We can, we can continue. I'm sure this will come up again, given the topic. Yeah, yeah it definitely will come up. Yeah, because that's like the number one thing that people hate about Doug Wilson, you know, it's his, it's his serrated edge. So, all right, so let's, let's go ahead and start with this. So what's your connection to Doug Wilson? We already said the Fight, Laugh, Feast thing, but if you want to connect yeah. those dots, what's your connection to Doug Wilson and, and what's your overall perspective? If you had to give like the headline, yeah. right? We'll get into the, you know, the 14th paragraph of the article here in a moment, but that what headline <laughs> of the story, AD thinks blank about Doug. Yeah. You know, to be honest and, and uh, my connection with Doug is very minimal. I've never spoken to him. Number one. Okay. Um, but I have some roundabout connections with him and to be honest, like I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, you know, be like a fanboy or anything like that. Look, I've had opportunities to speak to him. I've never done it. I think he's going to be looked at as the way we look at people like Luther and Calvin in the future. I agree. I really do think that. And um, so, so I think he's great. You know, if you didn't know, I'm a Calvinist. So I I think, (laughs) I think he's, I think, I think he's great. Um, But, but my connection is very loose. I've never spoken to the man, like I said. Um, And, but I do have some loose connections. So number one, obviously I'm in the fight, laugh, feast network. And, you know, the guys that run the fight, laugh, feast network all go to his church. And so I've got that connection, number one. Um, But what a lot of people don't know about me is that I uh, became a Christian later in life. I was already an adult in New York City, and I was going to like an evangelical church that was sort of loosely associated with Tim Keller's church, but also kind of independent. And they were, it was great. You know, he, he was a Bible teacher. He was, he, he came out of Calvary Chapel. So if you know anything about Calvary Chapel, you know, they line by line preaching and stuff like that. So it was, it was perfect for a young Christian like me. Um, but eventually they started dabbling with some of the um, like, uh, Bethel churches. What's that band that came out of Bethel church? Jesus culture, Jesus Jesus culture. culture, And like some of that stuff. And 
I just didn't like that. And I decided to leave the church. Now, looking back, I don't think it was really that serious, but as a young Christian, you know, kind of cage stager, I just decided to leave. And so I, um, I found a church in Brooklyn where I lived that was small and it seemed like a loving, you know, kind of serious church just so happened to be our CREC church. Right. And what CREC is, is Doug Wilson's denomination, uh, the denomination he belongs to. And so I, kind of have that connection too. I went to that church for probably six months before I, I was actually on my way out of New York, which is why part of the reason why I left. So I, I, I was there until I left New York. Um, so I kind of knew of Doug through that as well. And um, so lo- loose connections, you know, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, no, that answers. And headline loose. of what you think. I mean, I feel like you kind of answered it by saying, I, that's a big statement to say, you know, a couple hundred <laughs> years from now, people look back and he'll be, yeah. you know, a Calvin, he'll be a Luther. So I, you know, some of, some yeah. of the Arminian guys may be listening to this and like, so he hates him? No. So, <laughs> that was a so he's statement. awful and he's the worst person <laughs> <Right>. ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no. When, when we say Martin Luther or Calvin, we mean that. <laughs> in a positive well, sense. Well, put it this way. If, if I, I don't know if he's really going to be looked at like that, but if I had to pick someone that is, you know, known in our time that would right. eventually be looked at like that, I think I would pick him. You know, if I had to put my, I if I had agree. to bet on it, I'm not a betting man, but if I had to bet on it, I'd probably put my money on him. That's exactly where I'm at. Like, I, I would say the same thing. Yeah. I would say it's him or, or no one. And I kind of know one for right no now. one. I yeah. just don't know if I, honestly, I just don't know if our generation really has anybody who, it's like the dark ages. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I wouldn't even say like the dark, age, but it's just like, man, what, like what Luther did, like, has anybody done that in our generation? And people are like MacArthur, know. you know, or like, and it's like, yeah, man, praise God for John MacArthur. And I'm grateful. But, but I, like Luther took on Rome. He took on yeah. like the yeah. whole world, you know, I mean, Calvin, like the things that these guys did was just phenomenal. Yeah. And, and I, we've, we've got some guys who have done some wonderful things for the Lord in our generation, but I just, I don't know if, if we have anybody. And, yeah. and I think one, one thing that's really unique, though, about Luther especially, but also Calvin, is it's not just what they accomplished uh, for the kingdom. Um, you know, their, their writings, their commentaries, you know, Luther working to translate the Bible and standing up against <clears throat> Rome and, and rediscovering the gospel, you know, all these different things, uh, speaking out against Tetzel and indulgences and, you know, everything that Luther did and then everything that Calvin did with his institutes and his commentaries and, sure. you know, and all, all these, you know, so it's like, the, like what they accomplished. But I think part of what's unique about those guys and why they've stood the test of time in history is that... Um, it's not just what they accomplished because we've got guys like John MacArthur, John MacArthur study Bible. I mean, Amazing. that guy's written yeah. tons of books, you know, but, um, but it's not just that it's, it's the odds that they were standing against. Sure. Like everything yep. was stacked against them, you know, yeah. um, it, they were, they like, they were going against everything. And I think that's why like AD says, and yeah. I would agree with him that we think of Doug. It's not, it's not even that sure. he's a prolific writer, although he has written a ton, sure. but it's, it's more so like um, when you think of like, Luther, I, I always say it like this, courage is, is a virtue that people absolutely esteem and love once yeah. it's been safely buried six feet underneath That's the right. ground, right? right? Once it's dead. And, um, and so, you know, most people, a ton of people did not like Luther when he was alive. Um, and there's still a lot of people, people don't like, don't him, like now. him now, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then, and then, you know, a lot of people didn't like Calvin when he was alive. And so yeah. when I'm thinking of like, I think that's what you're saying. That's what, and that's what I think of is like, who are the guys who are maybe underappreciated for their day 
but yeah. will be more great. So, so maybe it's not Calvin's status, maybe it's not Luther's status, yeah, but I think yeah. we could say at least this, and I think you, will, you tell me if, if you agree, AD. I think what we're saying is um, Doug will be more appreciated in, in generations yeah. in, the, in the future than he, yeah. than he was by his own generation. I, I think so. And one of the things I think about when I think about this is that w- w- the, the key areas that the enemy is, is, is making inroads in right now, like the, the key areas that are at stake, right? You know, like a lot of people are still not so sure about, you know, justification and stuff like that. But, but, but in the culture, though, that's, that's a non-issue. Like if you ask someone in, on the street about justification, they wouldn't know what the heck you're talking about. Like right. they, they don't even, it's so off their radar, they wouldn't have any idea what you're talking about. But like, but like the, the, the key issues of our time, like the key doctrines that are being pushed on by the enemy right now are the doctrine of man, the sexuality, stuff like that. And those are the areas where I feel like he shines the most, you know what I mean? And that's, yep. that's where he's, that's where the courage is obviously showing, showing up. Um, yep. And, you know, Amen. anyway, so that's what I think about. So it's like in the very area that's, that's at stake is where he's strongest in my opinion. So anyway. Amen. No, I'm with you. I think, yeah, I completely agree. I think like what we're, what we're missing the most is where, is where he's strongest. That's, that's exactly right. And then in terms of like, you know, you, you use justification and that was probably just even a random example, but just to hit on that for a second, I would say that, you know, I've, I've looked, you know, extensively into, you know, cause I've, I've heard all the criticisms. I was in San Diego, which was stone's throw away from sure. uh, Escondido. You know, if you guys, uh, any of yes. our listeners are familiar with John Frame, John Frame wrote a book called Escondido Theology, where, you know, he, he really, it's more so like the Escondido conspiracy where he calls out their, among many things, but the biggest thing is they're, they're just their overly emphasized radical two kingdom theology um, yeah, to the point yeah, where like yeah. Van Druden, he's the gold standard there, but Michael Horton would follow this pattern. Um, R. Scott sure. Clark would follow this pattern. R. Big Scott time, Clark, yeah. if, if Doug Wilson dies, R. Scott Clark will have to retire. He'll have nothing to talk about. Um, you know, so R. Scott Clark would be a big <laughs> opponent of Doug Wilson. Like, you know, every three articles, every three podcasts, you know, something about uh, federal vision, Doug Wilson. And, uh, but my point is that whole crew um, despises him and would point out things that, well, I, he, you know, he's, he's unorthodox, you know, is what they would yeah. say, you know, he's That's not, true, he's true. not sound on justification. And, and so I would say, no, I've, I've looked into it. I've looked into the federal vision, you know, conspiracy, yep. you, know, it, you know, not saying that it is a conspiracy. I, I disagree with it, but, but, you know, like, but some people, you know, say it's way more than it actually is. And, and it's yeah. important to understand with everything, including federal vision, there's a spectrum. Right. So like oh, there's course. Peter Lightheart, you know, and 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 there's good things about Peter Lightheart, you know, but uh, Doug, yep. Doug Wilson is not, you know, what I mean, there's a spectrum, there's a sliding mm-hmm. scale. And I would say Doug Wilson is more on the mild, the moderate side of that scale. Yeah. Um, anyway, so all that being said, but with justification, uh, that's a, one of the things that people would point out and say, well, I don't like about Doug. He's bad on justification. Well, here's the thing. Number one, I've looked into it. He's not. Doug sure. is sound on justification. He's solid. Any any statement of faith that you could write on on sola, you know, sola fide, uh, Doug Doug would absolutely be able to sign off on it. Um, R. Scott Clark, Doug said this once, and he's and he's right. R, that if R. Scott Clark wrote a statement on salvation by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone, Doug would be able to sign it. And, uh, and Scott Clark would still, it still wouldn't be enough. He would still say, right, Doug yeah. isn't, you know, so. And what's yeah. key is he, he could sign it in good conscience. Like it, he wouldn't be lying. Like he, he right. would probably right. agree with it. That's right. Amen. I'm going to say and probably so all that because being I don't said, know so what I think he's against he could come up with. <laughs> right. So he's sound on justification, <laughs> but here's what I was going to say. The funny thing is 
there are guys who are not sound on justification. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're squishy on justification and we still appreciate them. So to go back to your point, uh, Aiden, yeah. you're saying like, like, all right, but the things that our, our culture needed most and the time, like that's where he excels. Well, th- th- the same thing was true of Baxter. Right. So like the reformed pastor, how many people have, have benefited from the reform? And I'm talking about the guys who would pick on Doug for not being sound on justification in their allegedly in their perception. I think he is. Uh, but those guys love Richard Baxter. Uh, but if you press those guys, they'll say, yeah, well, Richard Baxter, you know, is not that sound on justification, you know, yeah. or, or uh, G.K. Chesterton, uh, G.K. Chesterton, you know, like Doug loves him and is always quoting him. But th- Doug's not the only one. All these other guys, you know. Uh, everybody appreciates him, but they would say, yeah, but he was kind of Catholic, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so sure. I don't, I don't know where he was at. So anyways, my point is D- Doug, I think you're absolutely right. He will be appreciated. I think for generations to come, uh, because of his immense strengths, even if he was squishy on, on some of those essentials, sure. and I'm saying he's not. So that, that's my, <laughs> right. that's my position. Well, you know, right, so I what, think about this and, and I don't want to, I don't want to kill this point, but like, I think a lot about this when, when I think about um, the critics of Doug Wilson's and I think to myself, like, okay, so you, you, you love Luther. Most of these guys love Luther. They think he's a great guy. Cause it's hard not to, when you're a Christian, right? He did great things and whatever, but like, think about what Luther believed, right? Like, like you can love Luther and appreciate what, what Luther did and have strong disagreements with Luther's theology, which in some ways is weirder than Doug Wilson's even in the worst case scenario of Doug Wilson. So it's like, so, so why can't we apply the same thing with someone who's alive? Right. Cause Doug, Luther's dead now. So like, I guess he's safer. Right. But that's what it is. But, but, but why, why not apply the same uh, standards to Doug where it's like, you don't like this about his theology. Yeah. He said something weird about baptism here. I don't like it. Well, you know, Luther believed weird things about baptism too, but you, you celebrate yeah. him, you know, it's like, right. so it's like, I just, you know, one of the things, and and I readily admit this all the time, so this is no revelation, but one of the things that I think influenced me good about looking into federal vision, I'm not a federal visionist myself, but one of the things I think is good about it is how it really tries to give as big a tent of Christianity as possible with, without without being faithless, without with still being faithful though. So it's like, mm-hmm. I can disagree with you on some major things, but I, I still think you're a brother, right? You know, you're baptized and then the father, son, the Holy spirit. So I'm going to treat you like a brother, unless you've been excommunicated, unless you're denying the faith, you know, I'm going to treat you like a brother. And I, I think that's actually a very positive thing within federal vision, um, which just should be within Christianity, frankly, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll just say that. And, 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 you know, I, anyway, I think I, I yeah, think no, I that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is isn't that ironic? You know, because I think a lot of the flack that you know Doug would get is that you know that he's harsh or that he's you know that he's too narrow. Um, when the so reality weird. is like, right? When the reality is like, the guy's it, what you're basically expressing is he's he's so ecumenical. It makes me an AD a little bit uncomfortable. We're like, I don't, yeah, know. right. Like, like so. Some of our listeners, if you're wondering what we're talking about. Go and watch the debate between James White and Doug James Wilson White on and baptism. Him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so Doug is literally his position is he's defending the legitimacy of a Catholic baptism. Right, they're um, brothers. That's what he says. Right, he's like, yeah, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> sir. You know, and and he's defending right. it on the basis of saying, but they're baptized into the name of the Triune God, Father, Son, right. and Holy Spirit. Whereas I would say that's not enough. Right, so I, I would say. 
you know, I believe that the agent in baptism is the church, right? So it's not a minister baptizing you, it's not the pastors baptizing you, and it's not the individual baptizing yourself. Um, and then, you know, some of the super reformed guys, yeah, the agent of baptism is God. God is baptizing you. And um, no, you know, like it's a, it is a covenantal ceremonial. God is a ceremony. God is saying something in baptism, through baptism. Uh, but there is actually a human agency that is representative of, of God uh, that is doing the baptizing. And I believe it's the church. Church. And the reason why I say it's the church is because I, I don't believe that you have to be an officer in the church, an elder or a deacon to baptize. So I'm 1689. I'm a Reformed Baptist. I would hold to the, the LBC, Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, uh, to the T. And when it comes to baptism, you don't have to be an ordained officer of the church in order to baptize. Um, and so I believe that ultimately, whether it's a member of the church, a deacon in the church, an elder in the church, I think ordinarily elders should do this. Um, but uh, the bottom line is it's it's not an individual one-off thing, you know, in, in my backyard in a pool, right? Some families, you know, during COVID, well, we're just going to baptize our seven-year-old daughter. I, w- I would strongly, um, strongly counsel against that. I would say, no, wait. Right. Um, you need to gather with the church, and you really don't need to wait. You probably should leave your church because they're not gathering and go to another church that is, you know, but but gather with the church and and it's a, it's a communal, covenantal, and public act. It's when faith goes public. And so anyways, I would say the agent that's baptizing is the church, which means it's not just the words. I, you know, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk into... It's not just the words, right? It's not just the hocus pocus, you know, words. No, it's, it's the agent that's baptizing is the church. And if the church is not a gospel preaching church... Then I, you know, then I'm going to call into question the legitimacy of the baptism, not because the words in in that moment of the baptism were wrong, not because they baptized you into the name of some other god, but the church is the the baptizing agent, and this church wouldn't know the gospel if it slapped them upside the left side <laughs> of the head, and that's how I feel about the Roman Catholic Church, and so Let I would I would agree Joel, with James I, White. <laughs> how I feel right now is often how I feel sometimes when I'll teach Sunday school at my church. I go to a Baptist church, but I'm Presbyterian, okay. and so I, I feel like the congregation regularly just says, oh, AD's teaching today. I'm going to ask him about baptism, so what I always do is I look to my pastor and say, pastor, you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> All that's right, how I feel right. right now, but that's okay. We're good. <laughs> so, so what would you, so so the only thing I feel like you could disagree with is what I'm the language that I'm using. The agent in baptism. Yeah, yeah. So how I, how would I, how would you I, verbalize that? Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'd love to hear. Well, 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 I would, I would. I I I think that um, I I would I would say that uh, that that the, the 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 triune God is the one active in baptism. Um, but this is this is so technical. Let's talk about Doug and move okay. on from this. All right. All right. Okay, <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I, so, yeah, okay. I think God is saying something in baptism. I think the church is his representative, but the church has to faithfully sure. hold the gospel. Would you, would, uh, let me ask this. Would you have agreed with James White, though, in that particular debate? Uh, no. So you'd be down. So baptizing the Catholic church, you're good to go. I think you're good to go. Yeah. I, I don't think that it's <laughs> okay. good. To, it's, it's not good to be Catholic. I don't think you need to be. Re- so if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, reject Roman Catholicism and join, I don't know, say a Presbyterian church, I don't think you need to be rebaptized. Gotcha. Gotcha. But you would encourage somebody to make that transition. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. But the, but the baptism is legit. Catholics, the they, legit, they put out great baptisms, just, just <laughs> gospelist doctrine, 
right? <laughs> legitimate baptism. Let's let's just leave it at legitimate. Okay. All right, legit. Okay, sufficient, sufficient baptism. Not great baptisms. <laughs> Presbyterians are making baptism great again. Catholics are just sufficient. They just sufficient with it. <laughs> yes. All right. No, that's good, man. Okay. So, all right. So with with Doug, let's. All right. So federal vision. I'm not even going to attempt to break that down. Like you, you know, there's a meme that goes around. It's from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where Charlie, he's one of the characters. He's got like this big whiteboard. And everything. I feel like that. Like if we even, course, just, I, number one, I couldn't break it down. Um, I, I really couldn't. Yeah. I'm not the man for that job. Um, and then number two, it'd be the rest rest of our episode. And then it'd be, you know, to use another movie reference, it'd be like Billy Madison, where it's like, you know, it'd be almost like pointless. Yeah, exactly. Everyone yeah. is now dumber because of, you know. So. so <laughs> So anyway, so there, there are better sources to figure out, you know, if you're saying, what is federal vision? I want to know more about this. Well, then you can, you can go down the bunny, you know, the bunny hole and, and explore that. Um, but, but here's the deal, but read Doug on it, right? Don't, don't just read R. Scott Clark or, you know, give yeah. a fair shake. Let, let the guy make his own defense. Yeah. I think that's part of the and, problem. And I'd people, recommend reading you know, Doug from, you know, years past as well as, as, as recently, because, you know, you'll, you'll see that, there really isn't too much change. However, I think that recent Doug is sort of to see, well, it's not as helpful as I used to think it was to say it this right. way. You know what That's I mean? Right. Like, and, yeah. and I, I, and I've, I, when I first read federal vision stuff, I like, that's the thought I had because they would say, like, we're trying to be, uh, helpful or trying to be clear. We're trying to make it so that you're not always wondering, Oh, am I a Christian or am I not a Christian? I don't know. Like, like, and, and I remember thinking to myself, this is actually more complicated. This is actually more confusing than I was when I started. So like, I agree with the recent Doug where it's like, this was really not as helpful as I used to think it was, you know? You're right. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the big switches is like, I think a lot of it was confusion over language and what he's definitely, it was, it wasn't like Doug was holding some kind of heretical view. I don't think he's, Mm -hmm. he's ever been heretical. Um, yeah, but it's it's not like that way. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. So it's not like he, he has uh, recanted some prior heretical view in his doctrine. Right. What he's done is he's just, he's just kind of finally sighed and said, okay, I'll just stop using some of this language. I think that's, it's, it's obviously not communicating what I think it's right. Exactly. He's like, okay, you know what? Let's just drop the federal <laughs> vision language. Although if Doug was sitting here in this video, he'd say, I still believe that guys. And we say, yes. we know, we know you do. You know, well, there so. was one thing I, I don't want to go too deep into this, but like, I remember, you know, learning about the visible and the invisible church and the, the, all the federal vision guys thought that was so confusing. And they're like, well, we got to change this. We got to change right. this into the eschatological church. And then the church. I'm like, that's not, that's, that's just as confusing. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's more, not any confusing. different. It's not, it's more confusing. It yeah. doesn't help. I thought invisible and visible was actually decently easy. Like we didn't need too. to fix that one. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, dude. So, okay. So what's, then what's something else real quick before we, we'll get to some of the positive things we've already, you know, kind of been dancing around it, but we'll get real specific with some positive sure. things. What's another, what's another doctrine or doctrine or it doesn't have to be a doctrine. It could be just something yeah. about his style or who he is or what topics he chooses to talk about or the way that he's done ministry, his church, you know, like what, whatever, yeah. what's something else that you would say, Hey, I respectfully disagree with this sure no that that's great you know so you know obviously there's going to be things that people say that you're like yeah i wouldn't have said it that way i I don't want to i don't really want to talk about that because like there's some stylistic things that like people don't like about me that they wouldn't say it the way i say it and it's like okay but does that make it wrong like okay whatever so let's just set that stuff aside like he uses weird words that i would never use 
fine. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, but so, so yeah, no, I, I think, I think sometimes, and, and this is going to probably confuse some people, but I think sometimes uh, Doug will, will, will try to, um, he'll try to be a little too nuanced to, to be in, in my, in, in, and I'll give you an example. Like this is something where I'm going to take the, uh, the W on this one. Cause uh, this is the one time that I was right. And Doug was wrong. So it's like 81 <laughs> Doug Wilson, 20,000. Right. Yeah. So right. I got my one, point. but you got to hold on to and that one. I'm going to hold on to this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah you got, but anyway, you got so it was back, it was in the beginning of, uh, of COVID, right? So COVID was, it was, it was brand new, you know, we're talking probably like May or June of last year. So it was still pretty new, like if only a few months in and people were closing their churches. It was probably earlier than that. Now, now that I think about it, but people were closing their churches and, and some people were saying, well, the government has the authority to tell you to shut down your church in, in, in the name of safety. And, the, and, and Doug had said that, you know, we should have this posture of, um, of submission. And so like, you know, yeah, if it gets too crazy, you know, maybe we don't listen, but like, he was trying to like, he was trying to thread this needle where it's so nuanced, where it's like, and the example he used was that if your house is on, if your church is on fire and the fire marshal comes in and says, Hey, you need to leave because of how the church is on fire, then he has the authority to make you leave. Uh, or like if there's a, an air raid coming and they, they tell you to, you know, stop meeting for church because it's an air raid. Like they have the authority to do that. And at the time I was like, I, I, I kind of see what he's, what he's saying. Right. But he's wrong because they don't actually have that authority, but it, it, you'd be an idiot to not leave the church if it's on fire. Right. So you should leave the church when it's on fire, not because Caesar has the authority to shut your church down, but because, you know, you're not stupid and you don't want people to die in your church. that's on fire currently. <laughs> right. So anyway, so like, and, and I don't think he was really saying that, but he was trying to give this point about, submission to authority is like a posture and he's being very nuanced about it. I think sometimes Doug, this is going to confuse people. I think sometimes he's too nuanced with the way he talks <laughs> and it, 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 it's, it's actually confusing. So anyway, he later recanted that belief. He said, well, I, uh, you know, I was being too, he put it as too reasonable. He was being too reasonable. Right. That is I would say too said, nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> right. But anyway, yeah, no, so, I, but, but yeah. he, he actually is a very nuanced person. He gets this reputation of being like this serrated edge. He never has any nuance. I think this guy is like consummately nuanced, sometimes too much. Right. And so I would criticize yep. that about him sometimes where it's like no less nuance would be helpful here. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, he's yeah, you're right. He's he's super nuanced. People are going to criticize yes. him for not being nuanced and he's too harsh or he's too matter of fact. But I know he's I think he's super nuanced. And I think the reason why is because he's super thoughtful. You know, like I'll, yeah. I'll never forget, you know, like, the, you know, he was doing it was at a, a I think university, he's though. I think he said that that reasonable man was uh, that's was, what he said, yeah. was killed by a couple of gunshots to the head, which is to say <laughs> right. he died of COVID. <laughs> yeah, just say, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. He's no, been, he's absolutely. been sufficiently radicalized by the last two yeah. years. That's right. And, you know, but again, you know, I think he would still hold to that position. And I, you know, I actually, yeah. I think I actually would hold there too. And just saying that, all right, three sovereign spheres, you know, home, church and state with some overlap. Right. So like in the home, it's like the state doesn't have authority over my kids. 
However, there is a point where if the parents are physically, I mean, seriously, not, not just the Me Too culture that we live in where everything is abuse, but no, I mean, legitimate abusing serial sure, abusers, physical abusers of their children, then the state, uh, that, that, that's, that's an overlap then, and the state actually then has the authority to take that child away from those parents. Um, and so I, I do think that when it comes to, you know, there is a certain level of overlap. Now, whether or not, you know, infectious diseases fit that bill, you know, uh, with, with a church and does that overlap, you know, there's questions there. Um, but, but for Doug's position, he, he was just saying, um, I still actually hold to this. So I, I don't even think he really recanted. I think what he's saying is I still hold to this. Um, but the state has, has drained every ounce of its credibility to where, um, the reason like, this is still my technical position, but they're all liars. So I just want to believe so it. I can't even, you know, I I can't even kinda... get my one point. Is that what you're telling me, Joel? <laughs> my dad. <laughs> yeah, we'll give that maybe half a point, you know? Half a point. I'll take it like, half. I'll yeah, it's that. like a Catholic baptism. Dude, it's like it's half a, a baptism. <laughs> <laughs> deal. I'll take it. All right. Okay. So for me, I, okay, so this is one, one that I would use. It's like, um, you know, and I need to look into this more. And so this is something, you know, take all this with a grain of salt, right? Because again, um, you need to go to the source, right? So you listen to me in AD, you know, but I would go to the source because Doug has, you know, I, I can't imagine. I, it would be incredibly frustrating for me if I was the age that Doug is mm. with decades of ministry behind me and has written as much as he's written explaining all of these things and people continue to make accusations without having read he, what, what he's already sure, said on it, sure. you know, yeah. like that would be really, really annoying. So that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to make a little point. Um, but that being said, go to the source, read Doug because, because maybe I'm not being fair to his position. So anyway, something that I would, you know, as I see it from what I know, but I could be wrong as I see it from what I know that I would disagree as of now, uh, with Doug Wilson. And maybe one day, you know, I'll, he'll sit me down and, and, and win me <laughs> over. Right. I don't know. I'm sure but, I'd be happy to. But as, yeah, as of now, you know, um, <laughs> So gospel, law, gospel, hermeneutic. So I would hold to that. A law, gospel, hermeneutic, meaning um, that in the text of Scripture, that, um, that as I read Scripture, there are, are specific texts um, and even portions of text. Maybe it's not a whole verse, you know, certainly, you know, probably not a whole chapter, except for maybe, I don't know, maybe parts of Leviticus, you know, Numbers and Deuteronomy. But, but that, that in the Scripture, as we're reading certain texts, I, I would have a hermeneutic, the way that I read Scripture and interpret Scripture, um, a hermeneutical tool that would allow me to see this is a gospel text. Basically, this is an indicative uh, uh, it is fuel for, for uh, the engine. It's wind in the sails. This is grace. Um, it's, it's the because. It's the for that, you know, kind of statement. The therefore uh, statement. So, um, and then I would see other things as this is a law text, right? It's, that, it's actually in the text. This text is law. It's an imperative. It's a command. And so I would look at certain texts and I would say, all right, so... And a lot of times, like one single verse would break down into the, these two categories. You know, the, the first part of the verse will be an indicative. The second part, a, uh, an imperative, a command, or vice versa. It'll be a command, but then you'll see the indicative on the back end saying, and the reason why you should do this is because, you know, because God loves you and because Christ gave himself, you know, like, like 1 Corinthians 6. I'm just trying to give it an example off the top of, top of my head. But it's like, you were bought with a price, therefore honor mm -hmm. God with your bodies, right? So be sexually pure, but, but that's, that's the imperative. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is a command. It's law. It's law. 
Therefore, honor God with your bodies. But why? Because gospel, you were bought with a price. Jesus, his body bled out and died to purchase you. Therefore, you're not your own. He's your master. He has rights over your body, right? Like the real argument with like forced jabs and things like that actually shouldn't. Yeah, I know we want to own the libs and like what happened to my body, my choice, you know, but really that's not the Christian argument. It's not my body, my choice. It's Christ's body. It's Christ's body. We are the body of Christ. And my body now is a a temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, meaning that he is my master and I don't have autonomous freedom to do whatever I want with my body. And, and so I would say on, on that basis, I'm not going to get some barely tested, rammed through thing to protect me from, from a disease that I've actually, my whole family's already had. We already have natural immunity from the latest right. science, follow the sciences, sure. that we have six to 13 times the durability in our yep. natural immunity. So anyways, but I, would, but I would make all that as an argument, not, not on the basis of I'm my own master. No, sure. Christ is my master. Sure. He's commanded me to be a good steward. So anyways, all that being said, 1 Corinthians 6, you know, uh, you were bought with a price. Gospel, Jesus died for me. Therefore, that's the indicative, the motive, motivation for obeying the command, the imperative, the law, therefore honor God with your body. Doug Wilson, his position, um, from, from what I know, again, uh, go to the source because I, I, I want to be fair to this, but is, is kind of like, like a, instead of a law gospel hermeneutic, <clears throat> Like it's actually in the text. He he speaks, and AD, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he speaks of more like like having law gospel ears. Like it's like it's the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That it's less of like no in the text in an objective sense. This sure. text is law. This text is gospel. Um, whereas he would say, I think it's no, it's more so the person, and the person mm-hmm. sees it all as so. Even the law, you know, is seen as grace. And I would say. I think sure. the Christian sees it all as good. Sure. I delight in the law of God, but the law is still law and not grace. So I, yeah. I, I can love something other than grace. I love sure. grace the most, but you know, but I, but I love God's law because it's a lamp unto my feet. It shows me how life works sure. and how things don't run amok. And so I love God's law. Um, so I think I can love God's law without labeling it as, as grace necessarily and, sure. and maybe i'm not being fair, fair to doug but anyways i have a law gospel hermeneutic i think the sure. text actually falls into categories of law and gospel whereas i think he would say no you could the same the same text that one person reads as law um another person filled with the spirit can see it as sure. grace is that fair sure have you are you familiar well, I, with that you know i i don't know how to answer that so i wouldn't want to answer for doug in that regard um but what i suspect is is probably happening there is and and, and i would look at this as one of doug's strengths um not this specific issue but like but his his um his whole it's it seems to me that his whole project is just to try to read the Bible for what it is like not to have any problem passages just to read it for what it is. And so what I would imagine is going on there again, I don't know is he's trying to read that sentence where there's like law and gospel in the same sentence. He's just trying to read the sentence, you know, and he's not trying to make this weird artificial distinction within the sentence because there's a very low chance that Paul was thinking of this distinction as he wrote the sentence, he was thinking of a individual thought. Right. This is my thought. It's you do this because of this. And um, he 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 he, one of his strengths is that he's not going to read the Bible in a way that makes it weird. Like when when Peter says, you know, baptism now saves you. He wants to believe that now he wants to believe that in a way that 
isn't uh, heretical, <laughs> but at the same time, can take that sentence, baptism now saves you, and actually really have it mean something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's, a, that's, that's the one that I'm a little bit more familiar with. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about this law of gospel thing in his writing in particular, but if I had right. to guess, that's probably what's going on there, where he wants to just read the sentence as it is. Um, cool. I, I believe in the law of gospel distinction, so um, I'm not, I'm not going to defend. Well, and he believes, just for the record, he believes the law of gospel distinction. So like, I have to be very specific with the language here. He would sure, say there's okay. absolutely a law of gospel distinction. From what I understand, he would reject a law gospel hermeneutic. Hermeneutic, that that right. distinction Understood. is black Understood. and white in, in text. And I would say, yeah. I, I, would see a, I would have a law gospel hermeneutic in how I read the text. Sure. And he would have a law gospel distinction in his I theology, yeah. in his way of life. You know, so, yeah, and, so and let so me be I, careful so. with my language, too. Because, yeah, I, I, I'm tracking yeah, with yeah. you for sure. So, so um, I don't know exactly what's going on there. But, but if I had to guess, my, that would be probably what i would think is he's just trying to read the sentence as a right. sentence you know what i mean you're probably right. um that's a good and yeah. j- just like he, he yeah, wants he to probably... read peter saying baptism now saves you as him saying that right. without trying to say yeah but not really right. <laughs> it doesn't really save you yeah. like right he just wants to read it right. as as he's as he's actually saying it you know so anyway uh, no you're, you're probably issue, right but, i think that's a good yeah. explanation I think that's a good explanation. And I would say, I just want to read Peter too. And I just, I just want to read a little bit more of Peter, like the very next <laughs> sentence, you know, where he says, not as right. some mechanical, magical right, thing right, that right, removes right, dirt right, from the body, right. but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience. <laughs> so, yeah. so, no, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So no, I think that's a really good explanation, AD. I think that's helpful. I think I, you know, he'd probably, he would have volumes more to say, I'm sure. But, uh, but yes. I think that would be fair to Doug. So the, anyways, the point is, the reason why we're starting here is just, I want to be clear from the beginning, right? Because I, I, I want you guys to, to really, to hear the positive things that me and AD have to say about Doug Wilson as credible. And so I didn't want to just jump into, you know, to just blowing sure. smoke, you know, and, and praising Doug. Uh, and I think you guys have listened, you know, if you've been following me or AD for a while, you probably have followed us long enough to know that we just don't really do that with anybody. We don't, you know, we don't just sit around praising men. That's not really our MO. We don't think that's, that's Christ MO or the Bible's MO. Um, but I wanted, you know, to, to help bring that point home, I wanted to say, all right, so let's start by, you know, what are some things that we don't like about Doug, you know, or some things that we disagree with um, so that you know that, hey, we, you know, we don't agree with every word that Doug says, you know, we, we're not, man shall live, yeah, not, not and, by and, bread and, alone, but by and, every and word of like, Doug you know, Wilson. I, I've, I've, I've shown up on some uh, images where they imply that uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast and, and Doug Wilson's a cult. I've, like, my face has shown up on some of that stuff. And, and it's like, you know, I don't know too many cults where it's like, if you criticize the leader, like nobody right. ever calls you like <laughs> I've never, That's nobody's right. ever called me and said, Hey, AD, you can't say that, man. You know, you can't, you can't do that on the channel. You, like I, I've, I've right. criticized things that Doug has said on the fight, laugh, East network. It's like, nobody's ever asked me about it. No, no. Like it's never yeah. even been a topic. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Yep. Like it just, no, you're right. Yes. I'm allowed to, to critique Doug Wilson. If I think it's worthy, uh, you know, I just so yeah, happen to agree with him on right. a lot of things. Um, and I have my half point and I'm just going to hold on to that half point for right. the rest of my life. No, you're right. No, you're right. And that says a lot. You're right. Because like when, when guys are actually spiritually abusive, when they're actually <laughs> stepping outside, overstepping their jurisdiction that the scriptures actually given them as an elder in Christ church. Yeah. You like, you don't, you don't get to, people don't get to say negative things, especially not publicly. 
Like, yeah, you, I mean, it would be like a casino mob style kind of thing. They'd take you in a back room, the fight, laugh, feast, you know, we'll show you what it means to fight, laugh, feast and break your kneecaps and send you away. And, you know, all of a sudden, well, AD decided to go his separate ways and we never know the real story, you know, like that's, but none of that is happening. And I think part of it is this one, because it's not a cult, but two, because, um, and I think this is one of his strengths, you know, so to just transition us into some of the positive stuff. One of the things that's great about Doug, besides I think his just immense gifting, I think the guy is incredibly gifted, uh, but besides that, he just he can laugh at himself. One of the po- most positive right. things I can think about Doug Wilson is that he does not take himself seriously. That's right. He, he doesn't. You know, so like when people are criticizing him, it's like, like the, the, his, his stamina, his in, endurance to take criticism is is remarkable and and yeah. like i remember having breakfast with him and asking him you know like how do you endure so much criticism because i was going through it with my elders you know like we covid had, had you know it hit and we were disagreeing and you know and there, there was just sharp dispute you know paul and barnabas and then and i just had a rough um a rough previous year with the congregation we had lost like like a quarter to a third of our congregation because i <laughs> Well, multiple things, but you know, as it pertained to me, I wasn't responsible for all of it. There were some other things going on, but my responsibility would be I taught through First Timothy, and and instead of kind of just pushing forward, I slowed down and spent like weeks, several weeks, just on First Timothy chapter two, verses nine through fifteen. Women will be saved through childbearing. Right? I do not permit a woman to teach, and 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 it was new for our church because my theology was changing in that, and um, and you know, from the soft kind of squishy, you know. Uh, complementarianism to a biblical view of patriarchy and this idea that like you know it's uh, the roles that god gives to men and women aren't arbitrary it's not like a woman says to a man anything you can do i can do better i can do anything better than you but i'm not called no like no it's like no you're not called because you can't do it right it's like god doesn't arbitrarily assign you know the role of flight to birds and the role of swimming to fish it also has something to do with the way he designed them, that birds have wings and fish have gills, you know, and so, so basically like this, you know, this broader complementary, you know, like all the way to like military. And so it was, it was offensive for some of our people because we were in San Diego, had a lot of military people, had a lot of women in the military, and I was making some strong statements about women in, in roles in the military and even beyond just combat, you know, and, and, and so, and all that was, you know, it was, it, it was a reformation for our church. And so we lost people out of the church and then COVID hit, you know, so right after like things being shaky. And so I sat down with Doug, we were having breakfast. I was telling him some of these things. I was like, how do you do it? Cause, cause I, you know, I'm whining about, you know, I have like two knives sticking out of my back and, and like your back is just like, like just <laughs> hamburger meat, you know, like it's just one big scab from, you know, the thousands of knives and, and, you know, like, I mean, for guys who don't know some of the story, like Doug lost, like there was a early on and he lost every single elder he had. They all left him. You know, like, I mean, over the course of two years, like, you know, because he was reforming his theology and they were like, no, we're not like we we're not coming with you. We're not coming with you. And I can't imagine like some of the pain in that. And that's just one story. You know, there's there's hundreds, thousands. So anyways, I was how do you handle criticism? How do you do it? And I remember he looked at me and his answer was, um, I just have to remind myself that I'm, I'm just not a big deal. I just by not taking myself seriously, like yeah. it is OK for people to disagree with me. Um, and, and, and it's not just okay because I'm wrong. Like, cause, cause, cause that's, that's one thing, right? If you can be okay with someone criticizing you when you're aware that you're wrong, fine. But the reason why all of us hate criticism so much and we get angry and we get restless, I've got to say something, I've got to set the record straight is because we don't think we're wrong. 
Someone is criticizing us, and right, what, what are we thinking? We're thinking, well, if only everybody knew the actual story, the real truth, and I need to do this, and I need to set the record sure. straight, and I need yeah, to, it's frustrating, you know, right. and, and, and so, the, so, so what, what is part of what has made him so remarkable to me that I'm so impressed with, with his character, not just his gifting, but his character, is um, that like nine times out of ten, mm. the person who's criticizing him is wrong. And, <laughs> and Doug's right, and yeah. he knows he's right, and he can laugh. He like he literally, well, not just like he doesn't let it bother him. He he'll laugh about it. Like him and Nancy will make you know make a joke or a newspaper article, and and Doug will cut it out, you know, and and put it on the fridge. And him and Nancy, you know, when they walk by, you know, will laugh, you know, at the article. And like, and I'm just like, dude, that like that's freedom. That yeah. is a level of freedom that I I need if I'm going to make it in ministry, if I'm going to make it as a Christian man. So I, that's something I would brag on, Doug, something positive. What, what about you, AD? Well, I'll tell you what, not, not only is that uh, something that's, that's worth emulating, it's also w- one of the reasons why I think people hate him so much, because um, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they launched their most vicious attacks that they have. And it's like, I, I want to destroy his life. I want to destroy his reputation. I want to destroy his career. I want everyone to think he's the worst case scenario of anybody and they'll write articles and they'll do they'll do documentaries and they'll you know they'll they'll do everything everything they can throw at them and not only does he not seem to care but he actually seems to enjoy it like he laughs about it he's having fun and 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 that that infuriates people to no end because the thing is there's a lot of people out there that are as wrong like, like if you're if from from their perspective, right, there are a lot of people out there that are as wrong as Doug Wilson is wrong. Right. Like there's a lot of people out there that have terrible, awful, you know, misogynistic doctrine. Right. But they don't get all upset about them. And I think one of the reasons is because, you know, some of the people that have the same supposedly misogynistic doctrine, they don't look like they're having all that much fun. You know, they're 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 angry. They're they're complaining on Gab, whatever it is. Um and Doug looks like he's having the time of his life. And I don't know. Like I've never, again, I've never talked to the man. I don't know his personal life's like, but it certainly appears from the outside that he's having a great time. <laughs> and that really yeah. frustrates people because they're it throwing does. their most vicious attacks and you're laughing at them. Right. It's, right. it's so it's like, so that, that is, you know, and, and people criticize me about that as well. I remember one of the first criticisms I ever received about my channel from someone I knew. So there's a lot of people anonymous that would criticize me right. or people I didn't know and whatever. But one of the, one of the first criticisms from someone I knew was that I, I looked like I was just having too much fun. And <laughs> I, I never understood that. And I, I think about that to this day. It's like, you, so wait, you're not having fun? <laughs> like is that, right. is that, it's fun to fight on the Lord's side. And the thing right. is, when even the worst things happen to you, if you can't figure out how to how to have some kind of joy, I'm not saying you got to be laughing all the time. What I'm saying, some kind of joy, then then that's a problem, man. That's right. And so I think that 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 is something worth emulating. And I think and, and it's hard to fake. Um, so like you can't just pretend like everything's okay if you don't think everything's okay. Um, right. But you know, so, someone. This is just a small example, like. Someone wrote an article uh, about a situation in the SBC and and quoted me as um, someone who was uh, I wanted uh, allegedly I wanted uh, sex abuse survivors to be executed. That's that's what I was quoted as saying. Obviously, I never said that, (laughs) you know, obviously, I never said that. And um, 
you know, I don't know what it is, is about my, 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 the way I'm built, but like, I, I didn't even care about it. I laughed about, it. I did a video about how hilarious it was. And, um, and people were looking at me like, aren't you like upset about that? Like, like that's a national news, man. <laughs> like, yeah, but you know, anyone who's going to believe that is going to believe that no matter what I react like, you know what I mean? I can get right. all mad or whatever. They're going to believe it. And I just have to be okay with that. Like I'm fighting on the Lord's right. side. They, they, they crucified the Lord. So like, mm-hmm. this is small potatoes. I'm not that big a deal. You know what yep. I mean? Um, no, you're right. I, and I credit, I well, credit Doug's example for, for, for a lot of how I handle that kind of stuff, because um, I, I do, I do have some stories and these are, some of them are personal stories of, of, of actually, of actually Doug. This is another roundabout way I know him, but some, one of my mentors, um, the, the, the mob came for him early. This was before it was popular to come for people. Like he got canceled before it was popular to be canceled. And um, he, it was because of something he quoted from Doug Wilson and uh, Doug had called him and said, Hey man, you know, like, don't worry about this. Like, you know, this is how you got to handle it. You know, basically, you know, encouraging him to handle it the way he would. And he didn't take his advice. And uh, he just essentially apologized for everything. I'm sorry. I never believed it. I never should have said that. And I saw how it went for him. It, it didn't go well for him. I mean, the guy has been emasculated ever since. And it's right. like, I don't want to be that. And so I'm going to take the positive example of just kind of laughing at these ridiculous attacks. Right. And it, honestly, it, it's worked so far. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad for the example. And I think, honestly, I do think that's one of the big reasons why Doug gets criticized so much, because there's a lot of people with theological error. So like, again, if you think Doug is like theological and theological error, like personified, fine. There's a lot of people like that, that don't get the reaction he does. He gets that's it right. because he has so much joy. That's so apparent. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That, that is such a good point. I'm glad you brought it up because I think some people, some people are wary and don't even want to, don't even want to read them or give them a fair shake. Cause they're scared. Sure. They're like, what, what if I read them? What if I'm convinced? What if I'm persuaded? And they've been pre-warned so many times by this oh, person yeah. and that person about Doug that they're like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go down this, this rabbit trail. I don't want to get sucked into this black hole of, you know, of Moscow, you know, the, the Moscow cult. And, um, but I think that what you just said is so important for people to realize. Doug, Doug does not get criticized more than other people because he's uniquely flawed in his doctrine. Right. That's not true. That's what, that's what everybody says. So I, I don't blame the listener for if, if you have that impression. I, I know where you got it. I know you know it's not like you got it out of thin air. You have that impression because it's said again and again and again. Uh, but that's, that's not it. Um, there are things that, that you can point out that, that are that are maybe off with his doctrine, um, but no more than anybody else. No, the, re- the reason why he's uniquely criticized is not because he's uniquely doctrinally wrong. Um, it's because he's uniquely courageous and bold yep. and willing to say things that need to be said um, that ultimately are an indictment of all these other cowardly men who will not say these things. Uh, the reason why people hate Doug Wilson is um, because... Well, especially even just in the last 18 months, they hate Doug Wilson because their, their church members are listening to blog and may blog and then leaving their pastor's church. 
I'm like, because uh, you know what I mean? Yes. That's why they hate him know what you mean. Be- because they're listening to Doug Wilson. They're like, it's been five months and our church still isn't gathering. You know, like we went mm-hmm. four months without gathering. And then, and then we finally started to gather again. And then the Delta variant hit and our pastor said he wouldn't close again, but he closed the doors again and he's been mandating masks and he's been, you know, all these kind of things. And, and they started listening to Doug Wilson and they left the church. And so of course that pastor is, and, and what's the pastor going to do? Right. Cause this is, this is how it works. Instead of saying like, well, you know, he's, you know, he's, Telling people to leave their churches, but you don't. You don't do that. What you do is you find some other thing. And like, well, uh, sure. well, Doug Wilson has some really concerning things about justification and uh, you know federal vision and blah, blah, blah. Like that's not what like you're talking about. Yeah. That that's but that's not what it's about. What it's about is that he has a spine, and people are leaving your church in Manhattan and moving to Moscow, Idaho, to join his church. Doug Wilson's right. church has doubled yeah. th- over the last year yeah. and a half. Because of COVID, if, people all over the nation are like, "Yeah, I want to, I want to go there because yeah. that guy has sanity in our crazy world." Yeah, go ahead. I think, I think there's some, there's some element too of, of because I, you know, I, I, of course, I've heard the same stories of of being warned against Doug Wilson and stuff like that. And I, I, there's people in my personal life that are in situations like that where you know their pastor is super concerned because of you know they're reading I don't know whatever book it is or whatever blog it is you know and it's Doug Wilson related and stuff. And, and honestly, I think that, I think that, yes, I think that there probably are legitimately concerned about some of the theological error, but again, there's, there's a uniqueness here. And I, I, I think it makes a lot of people, not just pastors, but a lot of people uncomfortable to see uh, someone who is not, not doing what he's supposed to do. What he's supposed to do is say, ah, yeah, like I know the science says, that, you know, the world's been out there for billions of years, but like, I, you know, the Bible says 6,000. So like, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that. And I think that maybe like we're just misinterpreting the lights and the, you know, the, the skies and, the, you know, and, and they, they're, they're almost apologizing, you know, and, and right. I, I'm not, I'm just using that as an example. I don't, I don't care so much about that, but like, he'll just say it and he'll be like, and that's what I believe and That's it. And he'll yeah. say, yeah. And, you know, when God created the, 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 uh, the firmament, then there was waters above and there really were waters up there. And, and he right. has no problem with that instead of saying, yep. well, yeah, that's, you know, that's the, the water cycle and, you know, the, the, the sky and the, the moisture up there. Some there's, you know, the clouds are moisture. So it's, it's kind of water. Like he's not saying that you're saying, no, there, there was water up there. Yeah. It, it's, it, it makes people uncomfortable because he's supposed to like, genuflect a little bit to the culture like yeah right. you can still believe it but like as long as you're apologizing you're doing the matt chandler thing on vice where it's like yeah you know like you know they were terrified of of the gay bathrooms i'm like i'm sorry but like that's what the bible it's not god's best for you like that's what he's supposed to do right but doug doesn't do that in no, fact he he'll say he'll say things are gay just because he knows it's going to make you upset that you Amen. use the word gay yep. and it's like well but it really is gay and, and, and like he's supposed to apologize and he doesn't. And that makes that makes a lot of faithful Christians. I'm not talking about pagans. I don't care what the, how they feel about it. Right. Faithful Christians, though, are uncomfortable with that because I think there's sort of like an in, in on the inside. That, this is how I should be believing the scriptures, though, because God said that I'm supposed to be having faith like a child. Right. And I was talking to my son about this just the other day, six. And I was saying I was using that example about Jesus saying that, you, you know, you, you receive the kingdom of God like a child. How, how do you, what, I, said, I said, AJ, when I tell you something about uh, whatever that you don't know, like, 
do you believe me or do you think I'm lying? Or do you question if I'm, if I'm, I'm right. And he goes, dad, I believe you, you know, everything. Like that's essentially what he said. I'm like, well, I don't know everything, but, but like, that's what Jesus is talking about. It's like, you receive the kingdom of God, the way that, the way that you receive things from me, you just believe me. You don't think you it doesn't even occur to AJ that I'm misrepresenting things. You know, I could tell him anything right now and he'd believe it. And it's like, Doug actually kind of acts like that's really how he receives the word of God. And he's not supposed to be doing that. He's an adult. And that really (laughs) makes people uncomfortable. I I think that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I I often say on Gab every now and then, I'll just say, hey, you know, by the way, I believe in giants and dragons and unicorns. So um, just let you know where I'm at. (laughs) And I do, you know. And it's like, I want to remind people, like, it's literally okay to just literally believe the Bible. That's it. You can do that. It's fine. Um, I don't know what I was point I was trying to make there, but I I do think it makes adults uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. You were just saying that like, there's, there's supposed to be this basically like, I mean, it is an apology. That's what it is, right? It's, it's apologizing for the word of God to the culture. And at the same time, I think, you know, so, so he's not making the concessions. He's not making the apologies, um, but, but not only that, um, I, it, it's like what you said towards the end. I like how you said he's an adult, right? Not just like he's an adult, so he should be well-behaved. He should have good manners, be apologetic. No, it's, it's, this, it's more than that. It's also, in addition to that, it's, it's not less than that, but more than that, it's he's an adult, he should know better. He's an yeah. intellectual. He, you know, he's mature. This is childlike. And that's yeah, like why you brought up you know, your He son. should be questioning God. That's what adults right. do. Exactly. Adults right. don't just you know, read books you know, that were written 2,000 years ago, you know, by primitive men and, and take them as true. Um, and I think that's part, of, that's part of the magic, you know, for, that's, for lack of a better phrase. That's part of the magic of Moscow, that, that whole crew. You know, Nate Wilson is, yeah. you know, New York Times bestselling author. Is like part of the magic of that crew is they believe in magic. Like, I'll never forget, you know, Doug Wilson and Mark Driscoll back in the day, you know, talking about gifts of the spirit. And Mark Driscoll is, you know, kind of like trying to peg him to the wall and say, you know, because Doug's saying, like, because to win the argument, right? You know, I mean, it's kind of like, it's like, why would Doug even admit that? You know, because Doug's talking about these, like, supernatural kind of experiences that he's had, these things that have occurred. And Driscoll's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, thank you. Right. Thank you for giving, you like, know, why throwing would you me a admit point. that you're a cessationist. Right. Ex- exactly. And, but Doug has no, he has no problem admitting that. And then like Mark Driscoll's like, yeah, that's prophecy. And Doug's like, no, that's not prophecy. That's not how the Bible defines prophecy. And there's no such thing as Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy. That's just you and Sam Storms and Wayne Grudem. And that's cute. You know, but that like, no, I, I believe the Bible. And then so, you know, and so then Mark Driscoll's like, well, then what do you call it? And he's like, I live, I live in God's magical world. That's what I call man, it. man. That's it's amazing. Uh, that's awesome. And by the way, let me just say that's this because, awesome. like, I've got friends and stuff that that don't believe the same kind of things I do. That they, they, I actually let me just. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm outing myself. I think I say this all the time. I actually do believe in giants, like real big, tall giants. Like I'm not not like Hakeem Olajuwon, like huge giants. You know, like way bigger than Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay, let's just say that you honestly believe that when the Bible talks about giants, it's talking about Hakeem Olajuwon, like that kind of guy, you know, Andre the Giant from WWF, you know, stuff. Okay, if if you honestly believe that, that's fine. That, that, that's fine. I'm, I don't have a beef with you, right? But what I'm, what, what I'm saying is I think a lot of people default to that because of their adult minds that don't really want to let God say what he actually is saying. When it says that right. we're like grasshoppers to them, they're like, oh, that's just got to be hyperbole. And it's like, okay, maybe. But like, you know, 
we're not really like grasshoppers to Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, yeah, he's tall, but like, he's not that tall. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's worth thinking about. Like, are you, are, is it your adult mind? That's kind of just like filtering the Bible or do you really, again, I'm not saying that you, you're not a believer. If you don't believe right, things the way right. I do, I'm just saying it's worth considering anytime you it's get worth that, consi- but hold on a second, you know, water's above really like the, anytime you start thinking along those terms, like it's worth considering. Okay. Is that my adult mind kicking in, trying to like explain away the Bible, or am I letting God speak? Yep, I amen. And heck yeah, water is above. You got to have that firm in it. I I I one hundred percent believe in that because look at a bronchiosaurus, the size of its nostrils. How is it going to get enough oxygen for a body that size without being in some kind of hyperbolic oxygen chamber that's ultimately accomplished by a firmament in the sky. And it sounds like I'm joking around, but I believe that. I, I believe that. Like I've never I, you know, thought what, of such things. You know, this is, so, this yeah, so what, is, and that's why we had... a world for me. Yeah, exactly. Plants were larger. Everything was bigger. Yeah, so I'm, I'm totally down for that. I'm down Listen, for the Nephilim. I'm down for the whole nine yards. Let me tell you something, Joel. After 2020, everything's on the table for me. So I'm going to look Amen. into the hyperbolic well, chamber you know what? theory. And you're right. And I think that's part of, you know, like, so, I mean, Doug is like under tons of crit. Well, he always is, but he, you know, he's under sure. some, some new criticism, another wave. It comes in waves and it, that happens with me. That happens with you. Right. It's like when it, when it rains, it pours, you know, it's like, sure. cause, cause people catch on, right. They think, Oh, he's vulnerable now. You know, so-and-so got him and oh, yeah. they come out of the woodworks to try to get their little kick, you know, be, you know, and, and, you know, whatever. Um, so it's, you know, right now there's another wave of criticism, Doug, you know, the, the vice article came out, you know, and, and people are, Talking about that, we'll, we'll get there here in just a second. But, but my point is, yeah, with 2020, you're absolutely right. Like, so yeah, there's a wave of criticism coming to Doug, but, but there's also like this, I mean, massive avalanche of more downloads than their podcast has ever had, you know, more explosive growth in their church than ever before, more this, more that, more notoriety. And I think a big reason why is because Doug has been a watchman on the walls sounding the alarm and everyone thought he was a crazy man. But when prophecies come true, then all of a sudden, people are like, oh, <laughs> you know? So like so when 2020 happened, because uh, people think, you know, that's the whole thing is like you're extreme, right? Uh, yeah. So tell me if you get this one, right? So, so it always starts like this. It starts as an accusation of that wasn't gentle. That was harsh, right? Sure. And, then, and then you explain to them from the scripture why it was not harsh, why that does not, that's not biblically defined as a sin of harshness and, or, or not even that, like why it wasn't harsh, but just saying maybe even a biblical category for like why harshness isn't a sin, yeah. not inherently, you know, like so basic, it's okay yeah. to be harsh, right? And so you explain to them harshness, you explain to them gentleness, you explain to them the fruit of the spirit, you explain to them a biblical uh, polemic, a serrated edge, all those different things and why this is going, you know, and, and, and then what happens, right? That eventually you, you talk them off of that because they have no argument left. And so what they'll do is they'll, they downgrade their charge because it's a charge. They downgrade their charge from that was sinfully harsh to, well, and right, if I had a dollar every time I heard this, and I'm sure you too, AD, but was it necessary? Okay, so ah. maybe it wasn't harsh, but was it necessary? Is it sure. necessary? To, and I think that's like 2020 was God's providential hand validating all the watchmen on the wall saying, hey, it actually was necessary. It actually is that bad. They're actually, I mean, right now, the Daily Wire had just broke with the story of, of some dude wearing a skirt and he doesn't technically identify as trans. He identifies as bi. And sometimes he goes in the boys' restroom. Sometimes he goes in the girls' restroom and he went in the girls' restroom in his school. This is a teenager and, and, and allegedly raped 
a young woman there. The father found out about it. They did a rape test on, on the young girl, and it was proven that there was rape had occurred. Sure. If any child's parents, you know, earmuffs, but like sodomy rape, just, just for the record, the father is furious because he's a good father. Uh, he shows up at the school board meeting, and the exact topic that they're talking about at that school board meeting is is why uh, they should have you know the, why they should have an open bathroom policy, and why you know you should you know trans people should be able to use whatever bathroom they want. He's furious. He starts to to speak out, to yell, and say, like this is ridiculous. This happened to my daughter, and the school board, you know, the, the people come call security, pull him aside, um, put him in the back of a police car. And then this is one of the premier cases that's being used by the mainstream media to, to, to explain why the parents of students showing up at school board meetings are, are a, a domestic terrorist group worthy sure. of the FBI's attention. So, so when you hear that line of like the FBI needs to be, you know, cause we have domestic terrorists, January 6th level terrorists, you know, at the school board meetings and you wonder who are these crazy people? I can't believe parents are so mad. Uh, the only example that we, that they actually have of a crazy guy is, is the guy who was crazy because his daughter got raped by a dude wearing a skirt. And my point in saying all that is when that starts happening and this is daily news. Right. I mean, th- this is literally I just heard this today when when that becomes your daily diet of, of what is normative in our world today, then all of a sudden the guys are. But is it necessary, Pastor, to point that out? Is it necessary? Yeah. All of a sudden, those guys shut up and good riddance. Good. Right. right. Would you agree? Uh, yes. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I got nothing to add. Um, yeah. Yes. It, it's so crazy. I mean. We, everyone's joking these days about how, like, even the conspiracy theories, the wildest ones that you thought of, you know, they're daily coming true about COVID and all this stuff. It's That's like, right. it, it's just so ridiculous. So it's like, you know, yeah. Doug's not unique in this. There's a lot of pastors who are able to kind of see some of this stuff coming. But like, you know, there are those of us who will never talk bad about something until it happened like a year ago. It's just that right. simple. Unless, unless it's culturally approved, like, you know, racism or right. something like that. Nope. You're absolutely right. Um, okay. So let, let's, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up, but so did you read the vice article? I, I skimmed it. You know, I, I, I just couldn't dedicate, you know, my, uh, my full attention to something like that. <laughs> to, but to yes, something I, worthless, I, I, right? I, 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 no, I know I a little really. bit about it. So go ahead. <laughs> I, so yeah, I only, I only read, I was the same, same thing. I was like, like, is this even worth my time? Like, I only you know, have like, so I'll, many I'll <laughs> Yeah. I, I was like, I was thinking like, I'll just, I'll catch every, every third one of these, right? There will be another one next week. I'll catch that That's one. Right. You know? right. so, like, so anyways, <laughs> no, I had the same kind of impression, but I had a couple people reach out to me, you know, sure. and they were like, Hey, I'm, I'm worried about this. Like a woman reached out, you Very know, and saying yeah. that like, you know, who's a friend of my wife's, you know, somebody that, that I used to pastor when I was in California and, and was just concerned and just, you know, just like, like just, just from a woman's perspective, she was like, I couldn't, I couldn't even read some of this, you know, pastor, because it was so, it was just so gross and perverse. Sure. And as a woman, you know, just, it's it, like a nightmare. It's literally like my nightmare, you know, as a woman. And, uh, 
and I, and I know you like Doug, and I like Doug. You know, this woman likes Doug and has read, you know, especially his books on marriage and parenting. I mean, that's the thing that people forget about Doug. It's worth mentioning real quick on the podcast. Like, people think, like, oh, his cultural commentary, you know, or federal vision. They forget that, like, the dude, like, pretty much, pretty much single-handedly put classical education on the map. Yeah. Right? Like, so yeah. people who hate Doug but are class- in classical education have to read his books. Have course, to yeah. learn from, yeah. <laughs> so right. like, so like, we're talking about like. I remember there was a childish Gambino rap song back in the day. It was like, "I'm gifted in another field and another field." You know, like Doug, yep, Doug yep, Wilson's yep, like, yep, yep. like you got the classical education where he's going at night, right? He's pastoring a church full time, and at night he's learning Latin so that he can start a classical school. You know, and then and then not just the classical thing, but then like parenting. Like he, I mean, he is he's a force to be reckoned with when it comes to all of his books on marriage and parenting. Fantastic oh, yeah. stuff there. So there's a ton of people who hate Doug. They're like, but I love his books on the family. Or, oh, yeah. I, you know, Absolutely. I hate Doug, but my kids go to a classical school that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for him. And so all that being said, this, this woman is reaching out to me, and she appreciates Doug for all the various things that, he, that he's contributed to, to, to the body of Christ. And, and yet, you know, she's like, I, this is this just, oh, it just, I, I cringed. And, and, and I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's what they want you to do. They want you to that's cringe. Right. That's, why, that's, that's right. why it's like this. Um, but... Yes, it's cringeworthy, but but the, the the only question that matters is is it true, um, right. and and not just that, but uh, what what statement is are they actually making? And so you know, so like look at the article. Let's break it down. Look at his defenses. He's offered his defenses. They even linked it in the Vice article, knowing that people people won't look at it. They, See, that's the thing. Care, you don't. Yeah. In this day and age, right, there was a time where, like, if you were a journalist, you had to be – being a good journalist meant, like, you had the facts. That is not any – that's not the case anymore. It's all it, – it's not being a good journalist and having the facts and breaking the case. All you have to do is be – it's it's not journalism. It's it's fantasy. You Like, we've replaced good journalists with just good, good fiction writers. If you can write yeah. a good headline, yeah. right, and then you can have – and here's the thing. You still have to have the facts. To, to meet the journalist, you know, requirements, but but people are so lazy in our bite-sized news world and culture that we live in. Um, the journalist knows I can put this as a headline, and in paragraph fourteen, I've got to include these facts that completely, completely right. um, contradict the headline, right. make it entirely untrue. But it doesn't matter because right. because this headline is going to get you know a million clicks, and people are only going to read the first half of the paragraph, you know, and and so anyway, so. Going, going through it and looking at it, it's like one of the things that, that immediately stood out to me was um, you got guys all the time who are, 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 are dismissed from ministry uh, because of an affair, because of an adultery, because of this, because of that. The, the best that Vice had on Doug was, um, was that, that affairs or this or that has happened with someone else in his church. Or someone else in, a, in yeah. the school that he started. Or they they yeah. have nothing to say about him. Yeah. Right, like, and and there are guys that that I, I still appreciate and like in many regards, but like we can get real close, right? Yeah. I wish we couldn't. I wish this wasn't true, but we can get real close to their marriage, to their children, to their to their home life. Whereas, like Doug has always said, he's like more than your seminary degree or anything. Like the the the, the screaming qualifications of an elder, of a man of God, um, is the laughter at his dinner table, he, he, the happiness and joy and healthiness of his family. That his children rise up and call him sure. blessed. And like, say what you want about Doug Wilson, but all three of his children are serving the Lord. Uh, he's got 25 grandchildren serving the Lord. They're all taking the Lord's Supper, whether I like it or not, you know, and, and so, you know, even the little ones. <laughs> you don't and like, like but it. They, 
But they're, yeah, but they're serving the Lord. I mean, his, there's nothing to point at with his family. Yes. Um, that, that's like not health. And, and, and all these guys, all these Christians, right? Vice is going to yeah. do what vice is going to do. They're pagans. They hate, of course. they hate God. But all these Christians are hopping on this vice article. And I'm talking yeah. about guys that, that I know, guys that I'm friends with, and they're tweeting yeah. out and they're like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, it doesn't surprise yeah. me. Doug Wilson, I've always had a problem with him and blah, blah, blah. And you know, the yeah. Bible says have a good reputation with outsiders. And I'm like, all right, first, I could break yeah. that down for you, what that actually means. Secondly, though, the Bible also says, Jesus says, a student is not above the teacher. A servant is not better yeah. than his master. If they hated me, they'll hate you. And, and, and talking about the they, the proverbial they being the <clears throat> world, here I see the world hating Doug. The world loves you, dude. The culture loves you. The pagan right. loves you. So Jesus says, one of the marks yeah. of being his disciple is that the world hated him, so the world's going to hate you. Here's Doug being hated by the world, and here you are being praised. Here you are, like the world doesn't, the, the world either likes you sure. or the world doesn't even know who you are, right? Because, yeah. because you preach the lordship of Christ where, where his lordship knows no jurisdiction any further than your heart. Yeah. Jesus is Lord of my heart. That's part of it with Doug. Part of it's his rhetoric. Part of it is, is his tone, but part of it is his theology, all of Christ for 100%. all of life. Like 100%. Christ let, is let, king let, of all. We're take, we're not taking, you know, no quarter yeah. November, right? No prisoners. We're, we're taking it. All. And these guys in Escondido and these guys, you know, with the gospel coalition, these guys, like one, they're, they're apologizing to it's, it's the, what you're saying, the nuance and the intellectualism, all the, but, but beyond just that, even when, when, even when they say things as they actually are, the implication of their doctrine is always private. It's always yeah. private. It, it doesn't have any, any political implications. It doesn't have any, you know, global. And, and so no one's threatened, right? Christ, like Herod wanted to kill all the babies in Bethlehem because not just because he was the Messiah, but because he's a king. Yeah. He's a king and he threatens Herod's kingship. And so all that being said, vice, the worst that they could say is, is literally his counsel. And the counsel yeah. that they said was like, well, uh, uh, you know, Christ church says that if, uh, you know, that if a woman won't, won't have sex with her husband in marriage, then she could be uh, excommunicated from the church. Yeah. And I'm reading so, that. And so, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me, let me just, let <laughs> me just stop you right there because, because there comes a point. And, and again, I, I've said this a couple of times. I, I honestly don't care what the pagans say about Doug. Who cares? Yeah. You know, you know, pagans say all kinds of stuff about all kinds of things. I don't care because they don't know the right hand from their left. So what's the difference? But but those who are latching onto this, I, I had no idea because you know I'm I'm off Twitter, I'm off I'm off Facebook, so I'm insulated from like normal culture in that way, like normal evangelical culture. Um, but I assumed that people would latch onto this article. Um, there comes a point though, Joel, when you're so obtuse that it's sinful, like you're so stupid, you're so short-sighted, you're so foolish that it's no longer like oops, it's you, you're, you're, you're sinning in how stupid you are. Because here is the play that the pagans are attempting to run. It's the most obvious telegraph pass that any horrible, you know, freshman quarterback could ever telegraph. It's right. something bad happened at Doug's church, and it's Christian theology that did this. That's the play. It's easy. That's you see, play. because what you just said, Joel, is very profound. It's like, Oh, so Doug, wait, wait a minute. Doug, Doug believes the Bible and taught it. And then look at this awful thing that happened. And it's because of that. Right. And these people are so, I'm just going to say, they're so stupid. 
that they don't see that play for what it is. They'll, all they see is their enemy being drugged through the mud. That's right. But what That's they don't right. understand they is what, who's actually being drugged through the mud is Jesus. That's right. They're attempting That's to anyway, because nobody could drag That's Jesus good. through the mud. But like they're attempting to because it's a very basic doctrine. It's like, oh, they're coming for like the, the, the order of the family that's taught from Genesis through the end of the book. You know what I mean? Like it's taught everywhere. It's like the whole thing. They're coming for that. And it's the most telegraph pass ever. It's not sneaky. They're obviously doing that. Right. So, so my, my thing is this, like, and, and this kind of happened with me as well. Like when, when the article was written about this woman who I allegedly said needed to be uh, ex, uh, uh, executed for being a sex abuse, abuse victim, obviously didn't say that. What I did say, though, was that if someone rapes somebody, they should be executed because I believe that's what God's law teaches. That's right. And by the way, if somebody falsely accuses someone of a death penalty offense, they should get the penalty that they sought to put on the other person. Right. So you believe the Bible. Acu- that's right. Right. That's that's simple Bible. Right. That's what I said. Yep. So what, what I thought when when they when they misrepresented me. What I thought to myself, and one of the reasons why I was so happy about it was that, like, if I'm going to be slandered in the media, may it be for something that's actually, like, so basically, obviously biblical that, like, what can I say? I mean, it's not my opinion. It's what God's saying. It's just so easy. It's not like it's not like it's a complicated doctrine. Like, we're not debating baptism here. Like, this is easy to understand. Mm -hmm. So anyway, my point is that, like, those, uh, it, it makes me so mad. And you can probably tell I'm a little emotional here. It's like, it makes me so mad when, when professed Christians, and again, I, I, I'm trying to be as charitable as possible here. They're so stupid that they don't see what's actually being done by the pagans. The pagans don't care two iotas, licks, whatever you want to say about Doug Wilson. What they care about is they hate Christ and they want to that's make right. him look as bad as possible. And that's what they're trying to do. So if you can't see right. that in an article like this, the, the Vice article, for yep. example, yep. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what team you're playing for. I, do, I don't know what planet you're on. Yep, you're right. And you have two options, right? So when that comes out and you see the play, because it is obvious, and that and see that's the problem is these guys. You're being charitable, right? So you're you're. <laughs> I think it was G.K. Chesterton who said, um, ne- "Never attribute to malice what could easily be explained by stupidity." So, right? So you're being you are being charitable. I'm going to be a little less charitable, and I'm going to say uh, these guys aren't stupid, right? I think like just what Jesus said to right. the Pharisees. But because you claim to see, yeah, your guilt remains. Right. Right. These are the guys who boast of their in, their intellect, who boast <clears throat> of their theology, who boast of of their and so. So because they claim to see, because they claim not to be stupid, then, then I can only attribute malice. And, and it is malice because you're right. All, all it is is as simple as this. It's a clear play. They're not that stupid. They're able to see it. And there's only two options. The two options are this. Um, you, you can stand against the pagan who's writing this article, who's, who's running this play, stand against the pagan and defend Christ. Or you can join the pagan and and spit on duck and and so what i'm saying is this it basically comes down to this what is greater your hatred of doug or your affection for jesus that's exactly what it comes down to it's so pathetic that that's what it comes down to and so many people are choosing their hatred for doug um and 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 i obviously i like doug 
You know what I mean? And um, I, I, I've heard things about Doug that I'm like, yeah, that's weird. But like at the end of the day, like an article like this, it's, it's not profound. It's not smart. They're not, there's no big revelations here. It's so dumb. Um, look, if you're, if you're going to expose something about Doug himself and it's his character flaw and it's like, okay, so like, I'm not going to support that obviously, but the play here is easy. Something bad happened. You don't like it. And now it's, it's, it's the teachings fault when the teaching is actually completely biblical. Um, but what you're going to say is, well, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, but you didn't have to say it that way. That's what leads to this kind of stuff. It's like, I, I just, I have no patience for that. Like, it's, it's so funny. Like, but I, I, my brother's a pastor uh, in in the PCA. Uh, he's a he's a ruling elder, and I talk to him a lot about this kind of stuff. And um, you know, I've told my brother things that I, I don't tell many people. You know what I mean? Like, I just I'm very right. open with him. And then some some days I'm just like, when I see stuff like this, it's like, like I'm like I'm so over this. <laughs> like I'm I'm done with it. Like I'm just gonna blast these people. And he's like, no, he's very pastoral. So he's like, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> You got to actually treat them according to how God says you should treat them. You know what I mean? And so that's why I try to be charitable. Like I I wonder how many of these people are playing for the other team. I don't know, but I do know that what they're doing and what they're saying with this kind of stuff. And again, I don't know about this vice article because again, I I haven't been on Facebook or Twitter for a while, but I've seen stuff like this happen before and it's just so sinful. It's so evil. I just can't even imagine thinking in these terms, but anyway, that's just me. I'm with you, man. Well, to end on a positive note, it's so cool that in the providence of God, I, th- I just thought this was really cool. The, the Vice article dropped and, and the article by um, yeah. the American conservative dropped. And very, very, very. My goodness, man. Did you get a chance to read that one? Skimmed yeah, it so a little I, bit? I skimmed that one as well. And, um, you know, I, it, it was great because a lot of what it said are things that I've been thinking myself for a couple of years now. And um, providential is the great is a good word for this. It's like they, they both came out at the same time. It's like they talk about the same person. But if if you didn't know, you would never have thought that. <laughs> yeah, you think it was two different people. Yeah, right. No, but it was it was so cool that like the American conservative, it, like that they even were, were able to recognize they could they could see through it right because it's it's so it's such a thin veil it's it's so it's so simple like they they're like yeah Russell Moore and Beth Moore and you know and and the SBC and this and that ERLC you know and and everything that's going on they're like yeah there's there's one group that um that that wants to distance themselves from from conservatives from conservative politics from this from that from orthodox biblical theology that wants and they literally say in the article that wants they want to be loved by the culture they want to be praised by the culture and then there's like a last bastion you know like a final resistance in this little town moscow idaho and they talk about you know how simultaneously this is going on you know with like russell moore and then and then over here you know in nashville there's a fight, laugh, feast conference, you know, and this is going down and Doug Wilson's there and these guys and, and, and they just say what the Bible says and they don't apologize and they're not embarrassed. They're not, I, I have spent to my shame, to my shame. I thought I was cool. I was not cool. It's embarrassing. I, it is embarrassing that I for years was embarrassed by the Bible. Not all of it, but there were certain parts that, yeah, I'd be embarrassed about like slavery or something like that, you know, like, yeah. And whereas now, you know, I had somebody recently on my show, you know, and, and they brought up slavery, you know, and, and, and they're a Christian and, but, but you could tell it was a little bit like kind of 
embarrassed, you know, and, and they were saying, you know, but like, you know, kidnapping. And so the African slave trade, America, you know, like uh, man stealers, that, that was a crime, you know, biblically and punishable and, and atrocious in the sight of God. And, and so America has bad roots. And, and, I, and I paused him for a second. Said, well, just for the record, real quick, um, the founders weren't going to Africa and stealing people. They were buying them. They were buying them. So who stole them? Africans. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you can't, you can't go there, man. You, you don't have the <laughs> you know, proper melanin so, to talk about such things. Right. Yeah, well, well, that's the beauty. That's the beauty is I'm not, I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be that's ashamed, exactly but rightly right, dividing right. the word of truth, black or white, doesn't matter. And that's, and you, but you're right. Like, I know you're joking, but, but I, you know, it's just like, I was like, man, I, I'm embarrassed about the Bible or, or I'm a white dude. I can't talk about it. And there's just such freedom. And I'll be honest. So free, like, it's so much freedom. A, yeah. So much of it came by seeing another guy, yeah. right? Because that's the thing is like that you get, you're scared and you stay in your little corner. You stay on your little leash because you're like, I, I don't know what will happen. I don't know what, but when you see some other guy do it and you're like, oh, yeah. that's the worst, it, that's the worst so, thing that could happen. Absolutely. Vice writes an article about you. Russell Moore won't invite you to your birth, his birthday party anymore. Like that's, that's it. That's one thing it. That, one thing that I've, I've <laughs> Okay. I've I can do this. Yes. Amen to that. And, 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 you know, one of the biggest compliments that anyone's ever given me about my channel is that they'll come up to me and say, man, you know, watching your channel, it's like, I finally realized I wasn't crazy. And I always tell them like, you might be crazy, but like, at least we're <laughs> crazy in a good way. Right. But, but like, yeah. here's the thing, like when you're actually believing God's word, you often find yourself in these advantageous positions that people aren't expecting. Like I keep going back to this article written about me where it's like, they're telling me they're, they're, they're lying about me about what I said about this situation. And what's funny about this is that it, it gives me a great opportunity to score some points, not for myself, but for, for God's word, because I actually end up believing I, I'm actually more against sex abuse than any of these people, because what I believe is that rapists should get the That's death right. penalty. None of these That's people right. believe that none of them. That's right. And so why I wonder is Russell Moore, you know, author of this article, why are you so soft on sex abusers? That's right. Why won't you name any? Why are you why are you currently right. harboring sex abusers? You are harboring them. sex abusers, right. protecting them. And I yeah. thought what well, the reason I thought about this is what, what you said about about man stealers, right? It's like, like, like I believe actually kidnappers should be executed. That's what That's I believe right. that yeah. God, the word of God says. So why are you so soft on 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 on, on slave traders? <laughs> you know like you you don't believe that obviously, right? So it's like when you actually believe the consistent, like the consistent word of God, right? The, the law of God, the morality that God gives to us, that he shows us what's good. He shows us what's just. He shows us what's, what's right. When you do that, like, it's like <laughs> you always have the moral high ground because it's not just your opinions. It's not just like whatever's convenient for you in the moment. It's like actually what's good. And uh, I think that that has an impact on people that I know that's had an impact on me seeing Doug, you know, do this kind of thing. There was one video that I'll never forget for my whole life where I was a young Christian at the time and he had given a a talk on sexuality at uh, a a local college, a local university. And, you know, they all were ranting and raving, trying to shoot, shout him down. And all he was doing was just like very plain, you know, not angry. Just this is this is the truth here. And just the way he did that, I, I'll never forget it because it wasn't profound. Like, and he's a profound guy, but in this case, it was just very simple. Um, God's word is is so much better than I ever knew it was. And at, at, 
I, I hope, I mean, God willing, I never look back from that because it's just so much better. He puts you in the greatest positions possible. And um, yeah, people are going to hate you for, and my, life might not always be peachy keen, but you can always have joy knowing that um, God, God's truth is going to be true no matter what. <laughs> Amen. I, well, I, I feel like we should end it there. I, I think yeah. that was fantastic. I think, I think we were fair. Doug's a man. He's a sinner saved by grace, just like you and me, just like all of our listeners. I think we yeah, pointed amen. out some of the things that we disagree with. And yet at the same time, I feel like we honored, we honored a guy who's, who's worthy of being honored. And um, it was a pleasure to get to do that with you. We've both yeah, been man. impacted, both mainly indirectly, right? I've only met with Doug a couple times. And yeah. um, so it's mostly indirect. And yet his, his impact has still been profound, profound on both of our lives. And we're grateful yeah, for him. And, um, yeah, man, let's, let's call out, let's call out, uh, the charlatans, but let's also take an episode from time to time to Amen. defend some of the good guys. So AD, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, let, let our listeners know how, how can they keep up with you, follow you? Yeah. You know, you mostly on YouTube, just AD Robles, A-D-R-O-B-L-E-S. I'm also on Gab. That's the only social media I use. I use Gab. Um, and you. so you can find me there. Same name, AD Robles, um, on Gab. Cool. And real quick, what is, um, so I just had John Harris, uh, a couple times and, uh, he just finished his Christianity or uh, social justice and Christianity. Oh yeah. Playing off of the he sent it to me. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I was dumb. I, I read the, uh, the whole book in two days preparing for having him on the show. Yeah. And what I read was uh, social justice goes to church. I read his first book. And not the one that was so dumb, man. Talk about dumb. That I was literally like, I, like, I, actually, I was I like staying up like to what it, it was a great book. I like yeah, that go, book go because ahead. people always ask me like, when did this start? And I'm not, that's not me. Like, I don't know. I just got involved in it three years ago. Like, I don't know. It started right. a long time before that, but, but that's John, a very helpful book. John Harris has had his finger on it for a while, but anyways, I brought him up just to say that I know that you and John, are, you know, that you guys are, are, are cool and friends and he's, yeah, yeah. I've heard him plug your book. So just real quick, you told us how to follow you, but also yeah. you've got a book on social justice. What's your book called? It's called how social can our guys justice get it? Pharisees, social justice okay. Pharisees. It hasn't been officially released yet, but if you'd like a okay. copy, you can go to adrobles.com and I'm selling them personally right now. So I have a bunch of copies. Um, and, um, you can get them from 80 robles.com. If you want to wait and get it on Amazon, I'm not sure why you'd want to do that, but if you do want to do that, um, it comes out in December. Cool. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Don't wait for uh, Amazon. <laughs> Buy it from 80. Okay, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show, AD. I really appreciate it. I hope our listeners uh, have been blessed you. and, uh, tune in next time. Take care. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com slash offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com slash offer. And thank you for your generous support.